Hey y'all, this is Clint Carton, one of the hosts of the show. This week, Gordon and I got a little carried away, and the episode went pretty long. So we decided to cut it into a two-part episode and release part two next week. We mentioned it in the show, but this episode covers some implied adult language and themes, even though we never actually say the words themselves. So, if you're listening with young children, you may want to pause and come back later. Without further ado, enjoy the show, and as always, welcome to the adventure. Welcome back to the Christ in Culture. This is Gordon. And this is Clint. And we are back for another week remotely recording this podcast. Yeah, I'm really excited for this one. I honestly can't believe we haven't done this topic sooner since both of us are really big fans. Yeah, I was listening to the album. It's it's an album. Surprise. Yeah, and I was like, man, now I just want to listen to this like... I haven't listened to it in a while, and this is so good. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, I basically listened to it nonstop for the last 24 hours, uh, which was <laughs> awesome. First things first, before we dive into this album, which we will keep secret for a little bit, what have you been taking in other than binging this? Yeah, I've been watching Mad Men with Lizzie. Oh, really? Yeah, it's one of my favorite shows it's probably like number two it's definitely my top five for a series and she's never seen it and i've talked to her about watching it repeatedly but she's just like i've seen it a few times i just can't get through it because it is like sometimes hard like definitely adult themes in there because it's going through the decades of the 60s late 50s through like the early 80s of Mm -hmm. rich admin and like they're like womanizers and stuff like that and it's just crazy but uh it's a really good show and so she's we've been watching that we're already i think we only have like two seasons left and we watched a movie called the gentleman i don't know if you know i've never even heard of it i don't think yeah it's a new one the same director that did like lock stock and two smoking barrels or like snatch and it's uh, has like matthew mcconaughey and a whole bunch of like british actors and uh it's it's a really it was a good movie i would recommend we've been doing a jigsaw puzzle we borrowed okay a How star many wars a thousand. Ooh, nice okay yeah we, we borrowed it from the matlers and it's basically just the millennium falcon running away from a uh tie fighter and I did another one of those escape room games, same okay. brand. It's called Escape Low Memory. Uh, this one is much better theme-wise so far. It's like kind of futuristic. And then we finished, because we had access to it now, we finished The Good Place. Oh, okay. I've yeah. I've heard really good things about that. I think someone's requested it for the show. It's great, except the way it ended was really interesting. It took... A huge like turn spiritually in my opinion interesting in like an interesting way or interesting in like that was really dumb but i'm saying interesting no, just nice no it's 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 an interesting choice of because like 
you know, it's about the afterlife. And obviously because of that, you kind of get these plays on different religions, but nev- they never really pick one at all. And it's just like this own thing. And so there's a lot right. you're like, oh, that's kind of that's kind of on par. Or, oh, that's totally wrong. But then okay. the way, because, no, nah, I don't want to say anything to you. But then the way it ends up ending, it's like they actually do choose a type of spiritual religion to go with. And it's like, huh. I wonder why they chose that. And that's like, it's, it's just such an interesting choice. But yeah, I, I feel like they did it because it's not like the biggest one in the US. And so it like doesn't make anybody mad. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. A neutral, not really yeah. neutral, but like anger, the least amount of people kind of thing. Right. But okay. also, you know, people can kind of like agree with it and be like, oh, okay, that's kind of beautiful, even though it's not really how it works. <laughs> okay interesting i'm sure at some point we'll end up doing that show so it's such it, a good show it's done like that was the final season yeah they ended it it was actually this this it was this spring they ended it and we were watching at the matlers and we moved and so we didn't have access to their tv anymore but we just got hulu and so we've been able to watch it that way gotcha yeah i'm sure at some point we'll end up doing a show on that since I'm I'm pretty positive at least one person has requested it. That's cool. it. Dang, that's actually quite a bit for you, to be honest. That's that's a lot of stuff. Yeah. So I I have a lot of the same stuff from previous weeks. So for the sake of time, I'll kind of just skip over that. But I did want to mention some of the TV shows that I've been watching because they are really, really good. So the first big one is Clone Wars. Star Wars Clone Wars season seven, which if you're not familiar with that, Clone Wars had ended when Disney bought the rights and now they just came back and basically finished the storyline out. And it was amazing. So good. Yeah, the the director, Dave Filoni, at this point, I I think he knows Star Wars better than George Lucas, even, it seems like. Like this guy just knows how to make good Star Wars stuff every single time so super excited about that and he's still working on some of the new stuff that's coming out too which is super cool and then community which i've been talking about recently i've been watching seasons two and three of that and they're supposed to be doing a like a a read on zoom where they're going to like do it in public come together with like the whole cast and everything which hasn't happened in a really long time because uh uh donald glover childish gambino he he left the show early and so they've had the cast together but he's never been a part of it but he is going to be for this and they're making it sound like they're going to come back for a movie because one of the punchlines of the show is like the stereotypical tv show is six seasons and a movie they made it six seasons before they were like officially shut down but they never got the movie so everyone's saying they're coming back to do this read-through of an episode to announce that a movie's coming back. So I'm super excited about that too, which also makes sense because they just dropped it on Netflix and now it's really popular again. The other thing I've been watching is Ruby season seven. I've talked about that before. It's an uh, American anime that I watched with my roommates, but phenomenal. So good. The frustrating thing about it is the episodes are only like 18 minutes. So you get like super into the episode and then it's over and you like wait the entire year for this uh, season and the entire season is only like three hours if you binge the whole thing. And so you just like want more and more and more. So we watched the entire season seven. It's getting super like 
just intense and then it ended. So now I have to wait for the next season, but it is what it is. And then the other uh, show that I watched is on Netflix. It's called the last kingdom. Uh, I believe I mentioned it on the show before, but probably not since season three came out. So it is about the founding of England, essentially from before, I guess when he had like all the Saxon kingdoms in the, like on the islands and stuff. And it's like about the war between the Saxons and the Danes and unifying that. So very, very good as well. And then I've been taking in a ton of podcasts. I stopped during Exodus 90 and just like started going back to all of them. I added a bunch of new ones that I really want to talk about, but because I have so much to say about them, I definitely want to save them for maybe next week or something when we can have a little bit more time to do that since today we're going through an entire album. But I did want to mention probably my favorite podcast that I've been listening to even like just this last year is Jimmy Akin's mysterious world. And I know you listened to a couple episodes of that too and really enjoyed it, but that one's really solid. And then these are all just ones that I've listened to before council of Trent word on fire with Bishop Barron, every knee shall bow, which if you are a Christian, you need to listen to that podcast. It is so good. It teaches about evangelization and what it means to be a Christian and a Catholic. And then Catholic Andrews Live, Catholic Stuff You Should Know, Pints with Aquinas, and Tea with Tolkien. So those are all just old ones that I kind of came back to. And with that, sweet, the thing that I binged uncontrollably, and it was amazing, an entire album, like you mentioned, by John Bellion. So if you're like me, you probably know John Bellion's music more than you know him, at least until I started really getting into him as an artist. I knew most of his stuff, but I didn't really know anything about him. So if you know the song Monster by Eminem, he wrote that. And then Trumpets by Jason Derulo, he wrote and produced that too. Um, but he's he's an American rapper. I think his most famous song that he is known for, that's like actually his, is All Time Low, which is super catchy. But lyrically, I think it's probably the worst song on this album personally, in my my opinion. But this album that we're going to be talking about is called The Human Condition. So is there anything you, you want to say about him or this album before I kind of dive into some notes? I guess the only thing I would say besides what you just said, and just for the record with the, the monster, he, he only wrote like uh, Rihanna's Hook. But yeah, yeah. Is that all his music is just him. And so every sound in his in his songs are either uh, a beat that he makes up like on, on a piano or like a drum pad, or most of it is actually his voice that he alters and turns into a beat. So it's just layers and layers of his own voice. And most every song he almost makes in like a single day, like he gets an idea and then finishes it within like 24 hours. It's insane. yeah. Yeah. He actually has camera crews film like behind the scenes of a lot of this stuff and it's so exciting. Like even as someone just watching the video, I watched a couple last night just to kind of refresh my memory and stuff. And like when he has a breakthrough and just like lays down a beat and I'm just like, there's no way that is going to work with what you just did. And then they overlap it and tweak it just a little bit, like how he's picturing it in his head. And it just sounds amazing. But you would imagine like it would sound awful. Like one of my favorite songs, which we'll get to later he's just randomly in this behind the scenes video, like 
I want a cello and two violins. Can you have them here in like 45 minutes? And I'm like, you're putting a cello and violins in this song. Like that doesn't even make sense. And then they do it and it's like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. The guy's just like, he's, he's a genius. He, I don't know. He, he knows what it's going to sound like before it even comes out. And it's, it's so good. Yeah. So mad props to that. Um, but in regards to this album, again, it's called the human condition and when he talks about it, he basically says it's exactly that. It's an album about what it means for us to be human. So this is a, a quote that he said in one of his interviews. It says, us as humans all have the same problems. We struggle with pride and tons of different issues that nobody really wants to talk about. So I figured if I'm the honest one showing how human I am, it will make people feel better about themselves. And I do want to point out that a lot of the times on this show, we typically t- try to talk about stuff that is explicitly not Christian. So I do want to point out that John talks about God a lot. He's not afraid of putting it in his music. I'm pretty sure he's Christian, but I don't know uh, like what denomination or anything. But at the same time, all of his music is extremely like popular and, and mainstream, and it does address a lot of immoral things. So that's another thing we want to say right here. Even though this is not going to be explicit in the lyrics, we're not going to say any, anything explicit. Some of the themes are kind of adult. So just keep that in mind. If you're listening to this with kids, you might want to put a pause on this, come back and listen to it later. Uh, again, we're not going to say anything explicit, but the themes themselves can be kind of raunchy sometimes. So again, this is his first studio album. And right off the bat, in the first week it was released, it hit number five on the Billboard 200. And I looked up who was ahead of him that week. And it was Drake, Nick Jonas, Hamilton, like the musical, and Beyonce. So like these powerhouses of musicians are the only people who beat him when he dropped this album. Like that's how big it is. So even though it is Christian, it talks about God. It's also very, very much something that is uh, pop culture. So that's why I wanted to make sure we still address this. So you ready for this? I think so. All right. So there are 14 songs on this album. We are not going to hit every single one going through like all the lyrics and everything. We're going to hit as many as we can. But even the ones that we don't talk about, I'll try and give you guys just a basic summary so that when we get to the end, we can talk about some of the themes. So with that, let's go ahead and talk about our very first song on the album called He Is The Same. So just as we're kind of getting ready here, This song is kind of a basic summary. He's telling his fans that no matter what's going to happen, even if he gets famous from this, he's not going to change. So with that, let's go ahead and take a look at those lyrics real quick. I'll go ahead and start here with verse number one. Still living in his dad's house, 24 years old. He could buy a few pads, but he just likes to stay home. No, he never took the fast route. Now the plaque's on deck, but they still make him take the trash out keep his butt in check same kids from the high school jump shot still flame couple million in the bank but nothing has changed he is the same and then you get into the chorus so let's go ahead and and break there uh any any thoughts here yeah what i think is important to note is that this is his like second signed album he has like two other mixtapes i guess as you would call it that he gave out for free uh actually this is the first one that he sold the first three albums he gave out for free 
and the previous album, the first song is about when is he going to start making money for his own music? Because as you stated, he like creates a lot of hooks and, and songs for a lot of other rappers, like a lot of songs that you probably listen to that are on the radio are kind of like designed and created or written by John Bellion. And so it's like, when am I going to start making money for myself? And then this album came out and it was so successful, like you said, and the first song is stating how, yeah, I might become successful. I might start making money on my own. I might start like that last line. I might have a couple million in the bank and like now have plaques and all these things, but that doesn't change me. I'm not going to let that change me. I'm not going to become greedy. I'm not going to become any less of the true version and best version of me as John Bellion. Mm-hmm. And it's a very humble statement to be making. Yeah. And I think with all of John's songs, though, I think there's also a possible double meaning here. And some of the research I was doing kind of hinted at this as well. But with his kind of like Christian conversion, I guess let's call it, some people kind of have the idea that this is also saying on the flip side that even with his conversion, he's still the same person. And that means that he does have a tendency to slip into failures and sin and stuff like that and temptations, which foreshadowing we will see in the next 13 songs, all those things kind of coming to fruition as well. So I think what you were saying is hands down the main theme that he's trying to get across, but I think there's also kind of that double layer to it as well. Okay, so let's go ahead and jump into verse number two. His assistant is his best friend, lost his dad that day, really puts it in perspective. What the F's a bad day. Sister told him, get your head right, 24 years old. Real women need love. Fake bees want gold. Same kids from high school. Jump shot still flame. Couple million in the bank. Nothing has changed. He is the same. Anything else that you want to say to this beyond what we, we kind of already talked about there? No, I mean, I think it's painting very much the same kind of foundation except in this sense it's more of the people around him rather than about him yeah and then we get to the third verse where it talks more about what you were just saying with his mixtapes and having this platform and a fan base and stuff like that but one of the things i wanted to talk about with this song specifically on top of what we, we already said is kind of a third meaning to it where the he isn't john it's God. A lot of the times when I listen to this, I hear that that chorus, nothing has changed, he is the same. Nothing has changed, he is the same. Just saying that over and over again, it reminds me a lot of God's immutability, the fact that like God doesn't change. And I think there's something beautiful about this because if we think about like wh- what you just said, it's something we appreciate about John. I feel like that's why he's putting in here is that he's not going to change. That's not something that we dislike. Does that make sense? We hear the song and we're like, that's awesome. Like, you're not going to change. No one's saying like, oh my gosh, why why don't you change? We, we want him to stay the same. And so I think we have this desire for something that is consistent, something that is safe or assurance of something that we know. Like we as humans, we, we, we desire routine because we fear change sometimes. And God is this completely unchanging being. Right. He's being itself and and that cannot change. Whereas even in small ways, we as humans are going to change. God never will. So what do you what do you think? Yeah. And that also reminds me of like we as humans, but even we as consumers, 
because I think the irony with with music too. I was listening to some podcast. I don't remember what at this point that was talking about this and how like when we like a band, we're like, man, I love this band. I love this album. And then the next album comes out and the sound is different. And then we're like, what is this? Like, why did they change their sound? But when you think about it, like if they came out with a second album that was very similar to their first album, we would also be like, well, this is just sounds like like the same thing. And it's just like we, we harsh on that. But like when a band changes their sound or whatever, it's just it's it's them experimenting and growing and adapting and all these things. But we don't want that. And I think that can be us with like God, where like God pours into us or gives us something in a certain way. But and then he grows or we grow and he, he starts to pour into us in a different way, but we don't recognize it. We don't want it that way. We want it in an old way. But if you poured it in the same way, we would miss it because we're, we've already poured into it that way. And it's just this confusing thing. And I think John's trying to say is like, no matter what happens to me or no matter what my sound might be in the future or here, I'm the same person that you started following or, or you, you fell in love with day one. Right. I was just, just going to emphasize what you said i think that correlates if you play it with with god too god's like i not i don't change i'm the same no matter what i think this is kind of a cool place to point this out too we had just kind of just briefly talked about this before we started recording here but one of the cool things about this album on top of the music is that john actually dropped a ton of money for an artist to come in and create really cool album designs for every single song and it's supposed to look disney pixar-y because apparently it's one of his biggest dreams to get to do like a Disney or Pixar movie, like the music for it. Uh, so he's like trying to, I don't know, entice them into doing that. But one of the cool things about it is as I was looking through them to prepare for this podcast, I was realizing how awesome each one is. So obviously we, we have this character that is clearly John, but you can tell that throughout the entire thing there is a little kid version of him as well and so we kind of see like this play of the the child versus the current john and then in this the album cover for for this specific song there's also an older version of him too and they're actually fighting off demons but a reoccurring theme throughout this entire thing is the contrast between very bright lights and colors and very dark shadowy creatures and so even from the artwork itself we see this idea of light and dark destruction and life Uh, and i think there's something there too that we can even pull off of for for this theme as well with that i actually want to skip the next couple of songs but I'll, i'll kind of briefly talk about them so the second one is called 80s films and it's literally just talking about wanting to have a life like you see in the 80s movies and it talks a lot about hooking up So that's kind of the main theme there is going back to living like 80s movies and hooking up. The third song is the most popular one. Like I mentioned before, it's called All Time Low. And it is about a post breakup, like depression or just like feeling really low after a breakup. There's not a whole lot of lyrics to it, honestly. And kind of like I said before, it's really repetitive, which is probably part of the reason why people like it so much. It's really easy to like get hooked on and and learn the lyrics and stuff like that. So we'll go ahead and skip that one too. But remember, it's about uh, breakup. Right. As as I'm going through these, kind of keep in mind what each one is about, because that's going to come up later on, I think. 
And then we get to the fourth song. It's called New York Soul Part 2. As far as I'm aware, there was never a part one. So I don't know. There was. There was in a different album? In the previous album. Ah, dang. I missed that one. Okay. Well, maybe you can give some more insight on this one then. But it's essentially about his love for New York. It has a lot of basketball references. And the last verse talks a lot about wealth and how wealth is not the answer to lasting happiness which actually leads into the fifth song, which is one that I do want to talk about. So since you know that song better, is there anything else you want to say about any of those? Uh, no, I mean, the difference between part one and part two is literally in New York Soul part one, he's singing about New York to like a girl that he likes. And it's like her first time into New York. And so she's really naive to the dangers and and the complications of New York, like drugs and stuff, and he finds it cute. And mm-hmm. this one's more about his own personal love. So I think it's just he always kind of calls back New York because he went out, he left and went there with nothing and struggled for a long time. And so I think he just always kind of New York is almost like his uh, boiling pot, if you will. Yeah, uh, probably the reason for these human conditions. For sure. Yeah. And that's definitely something I want to get to later on, too, where like where all these themes are showing what those conditions are. So we'll hit that again later too. So this next song is called fashion. And like I said, it plays off of the very end of that song, New York soul part two, where it's talking about wealth, not being the answer to lasting happiness. That's what this entire song is about. But another theme within this song is the idea that being Christian won't take these desires away. It just doesn't disappear when you convert we were talking with some of our teens today about reconciliation and we were mentioning how like a lot of the times we have this mentality that when we go to reconciliation, our desire for those sins will just disappear. And that's, that's not how it works. Right. Uh, it's something that we have to continue to work at. And obviously those grace, uh, the graces that we receive from the sacrament helps, but by itself is not going to just instantly fix everything. So let's go and take a look at those lyrics. Do you want to read this one? This one? Do you have a pulled Sure. Out? Yeah. It's really funny. This song always reminds my siblings of me for some reason. And I think it's just because I was going to go into fashion at one point in my life. Mm-hmm. But whenever they, whenever the song, they're like, listen to John Bellion and they hear this song, they're like, oh, like Gordon. <laughs> anyway. Did, so, did they actually call you Gordon? No, I was going to say Michael, but I know people knew who that was. <laughs> I was going to say none of your family does. <laughs> Moving on. So, yeah, it goes, I hit him with the boots in July because I don't need snow. I got to go bigger. I got to go bigger. 5000 on a coat because it's fly. No, I don't speak broke. Still, I got to go bigger. Go figure. There's an aching. There's a hole in my chest. It's amazing that the crown of a king doesn't change me. It's amazing. And then it kind of goes into the chorus. I'll just say the first line, mm-hmm. baby, that we all want, we all need fashion. Yeah. We start there. I mean, I think really easily this goes into materialism and this idea that he's wearing boots, which in a fashion sense you can wear whenever, but for technical sense or for like hiking or for, for cold weather. And he's like, I'm in New York and it's there's no snow. I don't need boots. I put like five grand on a on a on a coat but even still even with these things i still gotta go more i still want more and more and 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 you can then he kind of follows on like i'm filling this aching hole in my chest and going back to 
he is the same. He's like, even though I'm now becoming successful, it's amazing. I would almost go to say grace-filled that this king, this crown on him as success has not changed him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think, again, this is one of those points where it's the double meaning, right? So the crown of like wealth hasn't changed who he is, but at the same time, the crown of a king, right, which also could be referenced to like the crown of Christ, hasn't changed his desire or taken that away, which is something I just talked about too. So I'm not going to dive into that too much. But yeah, I think that's exactly it. And then we, we dive even more into the chorus right after that line that you just read, the first line. Have I lost control? A voice says I might need my soul. But that's when I remember that we all want, we all need fashion. And so we see like just this chaos coming in and this voice inside reminding him of his soul and, and like his morality and, and who he is. And, and I think that last line there that we all want, we all need fashion is him kind of realizing his addiction or his attachment, I guess is a better word to these things. Yeah. And then it goes into verse two where it says lost in it, living life through a phone. Now it's all I know. Once again, I got to go bigger. Yeah, $5 million man's insecure, stuck in high school mode. Still, I got to go bigger. And it repeats the pre-chorus and jumps right back into the chorus again. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty much repetitive until we get down to the bridge. And that's really the last thing I really wanted to touch on from this song. Yeah, And it ties into the artwork for it, too. I don't know if you saw the artwork for this one, but it's uh, a girl. Uh, so his character is at like a like a fashion show with the little character, like the younger character of himself. Right. And there's a model like modeling a dress or whatever. And you can see her soul is coming out of her body as she's walking and is dragging a chain, which is a direct reference to this, this bridge. So if you want to go ahead and talk about it. Yeah. It says it just repeats over and over again, might be gold, but that's still just a chain might Mm -hmm. be gold, but that's still just a chain. Yeah. That's, a genius line because uh, you hear in other songs you see you know on tv or even social media like the the gold chains as kind of like a status or even like a uh, identity piece of, of success of making it of, of fashion and yet he's saying one it's just a chain in the sense of it's just a thing but also when you think about chain and like that picture chain refers to like this symbolism of slavery which through the crown of a king, we, we are freed from. Yeah, and that's a reference to like a lot of what we, I guess we talked a lot about in uh, like January and February. We had that kick of talking of uh, slavery to sin and attachments and stuff like that when we were going through our Exodus stuff that kept coming up on the show. So if you want to check stuff out from a couple months ago, you'll find all kinds of stuff on that, yeah. on that topic. Cool. Anything else for that song before we keep jumping? No. No, I think I think this is good. I don't think I've ever really connected the second lower idea of John struggling with like kind of feeling like he's converted and overcome sin, but still struggling with the idea that he's human. And mm-hmm. so going through these lyrics and seeing that it's pretty obvious. So, yeah. Yeah. And I didn't realize that either until like last night. Literally, I was doing some just heavy research. I was going through anything from like his website to his Wikipedia page, like you name it. 
and just trying to find what people thought of on these lyrics. Uh, even I was even on Reddit for a while, which is super dangerous. But uh, yeah, several people had mentioned that. And I was just like, huh. Yeah, I didn't put that together, which is weird because that's what kind of what we do. So I actually wanted to talk about the very next song. This is, again, one of my favorites. It's called Maybe I Don't Know, spelled out maybe IDK, kind of like a text message, you know. And this one, I think, is probably the most obvious or one of the most obvious. But it's literally about not understanding God's plans or why there is suffering in the world, but accepting that we are not going to understand everything that there is. So before we dive into the lyrics, I did want to throw out a pretty common scripture passage from Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9. But it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And I think that scripture essentially sums up this entire song and kind of the theme that it's trying to get across. But unless you have anything else, let's go ahead and dive into those lyrics. You no, know, the only other thing was when I was listening to this, this is the only one when I was listening to it while doing other stuff that like a, an idea came. To, uh, this is always one of my favorite ones from this album. And I think it's just because it's so relatable. It's just a very vulnerable, like, I think Christian thought, the, the things he sings about. But in a very small, like, surface level, like he doesn't really he's not at the core of it but he's like really kind of touching the surface i think with the chorus he's touching on like just what humility is when oh, it comes yeah. to a relationship with our our lord for sure this is just a song about humility i totally agree so let's go ahead and take a look at the lyrics i'll do this one and uh, i'll let you take the next one and we'll keep going back and forth here okay verse one says i wonder why i get paranoid when i'm high i wonder why i say yes to everyone in my life I wonder why I can't run that fast in my dreams. I wonder why I feel short when I know my money's tall. I wonder why I miss everyone and I still don't call. I wonder why I can't run that fast in my dreams. And so obviously like this first verse is just talking about like not feeling adequate, not knowing what's going on, the not being fast in, in your dreams. It's like a psychological thing where in our dreams when we're having like nightmares and stuff, we can never run fast enough to get away from whatever is chasing us and it's just like feeling overwhelmed so we j- jump into the pre-chorus although i guess if i knew tomorrow i guess i wouldn't need faith i guess if i never fell i guess i wouldn't need grace i guess if i knew his plans i guess he wouldn't be god 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 and then because you mentioned it let's go and do the course we can talk about all that so maybe i don't know maybe i don't know maybe i don't know maybe i don't know but maybe that's okay. Maybe that's okay. Maybe that's okay. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't know. But maybe that's okay. Let's go and break that down. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think what I like about the first verse is the contradictions. Like there's two, uh, which is, I, why do I feel short when my money's tall? And that's, you know, speaking into the idea that like money can't buy you kind of happiness. And then mm-hmm. I wonder why I miss everyone and still don't call. And I think that's something even especially during this quarantine that is relatable. It's like you can kind of feel this sense of loneliness, but we don't necessarily reach out to people or like, you know, call our parents or whatever. And he has another song in in the other album called human where the chorus is, I'm so sick of being human or feeling human. And he does the same thing where he's like, my mom calls me, but I say, I don't have the time, but I still have time to drink and smoke. 
And it's just these ideas of like, we feel this one thing, but where are we putting our focus and all these things? And then, yeah, the pre-chorus is what, what makes this song. It's like, if, if, I w- if I knew what tomorrow was, I wouldn't need faith. We wouldn't. It, it kind of reminds me of Big Fish where he knows when he's going to die. Mm-hmm. And so he just lives his life to the fullest. He's never afraid of anything because he's like, this isn't my time. And he's like, if I never fell, I wouldn't need grace because then he wouldn't, you know, be a sinner. And there would be no purpose for Jesus having to die for us on the cross. And if I knew what his plans were, then he wouldn't be God. I would kind of be a part of that situation. Right. So maybe that maybe we don't know what's going on. Maybe we don't know why everything happens. But because I'm not God, because I have grace and all these things, maybe that's okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think one of the only things I want to touch on that you you didn't already kind of bring up there is I guess if I never fell, I guess I wouldn't need grace. I totally like love what he's he's saying here talking about if we if we don't fall. I know I've been guilty of this too where I was just like if only I didn't have that one sin or that other sin or whatever. If I didn't have that, God then I would be I'd be so much better and I won't need to go to reconciliation. I won't need to go like do this. I won't need blah, blah, blah. And immediately we're like, if I didn't do that, then I wouldn't need God. Uh, and I've, I've totally been guilty of that before, you know, especially when I'm like frustrated of going to confession and like confessing the same sins every time, you know, but at the same time, I, I totally get that. But if we never fall, let's say the original sin, the, the fall of man never happened we would still need grace. So like grace is God's gift of himself to us. But like our very existence is a gift of God's grace. If he stopped thinking about us, we would cease to exist. And so what he's trying to say is not what I was just breaking down, but just like theologically that lyric is close, but, but not quite there. So I just wanted to point that out too. not saying the lyric is a, perfect theologically but the idea that he's trying to get across is very very real i think right there is a a second verse here but the majority of the rest of the song is kind of reiterating the same idea just in different ways right so did you want to touch on any of those or should we go ahead and jump to the next song here no we can move on great oh actually sorry the last thing i I love the art on this so I, i do need to mention this the art for this one is essentially him combating the like dark spirits but this time he's not doing it on his own with a sword there's this bright light like magical power coming from his hands which we kind of get the sense that it's it's god right it's it's god's power god's grace doing the combat for him so i I think it's just a really cool like piece of art there too okay so the next song in the album is called woke the f up it's the sequel to all-time low essentially and it's about him waking up both physically and analogically, I guess, as well, and realizing that he needs this girl who they broke up, and he will do whatever he needs to do to get get her back. And it talks talks a lot about living in a world that is fake and staged, and dealing with that and realizing that. Right. So we'll go ahead and skip that one just for the sake of time and keep moving because there's a lot of really good stuff at the end of this album. Uh, the next song after that is called Overwhelming. Again, this is one of my favorite songs on here, but it's essentially just about his feelings for this girl being 
too overwhelming for him and he's not able to to handle that yeah and then the next one is one that until recently i don't think i really gave enough of a a shot to but it's called weight of the world so this one talks a lot about depression and suicidal thoughts and calling out for help and essentially in the end being freed by god and finally feeling free from carrying the weight of the world and just like the song before i did want to throw in one scripture verse before we we dive into the lyrics so this is from matthew 11 verse 28 through 30 and it says come to me all you who are weary and burdened and i will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for i'm gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so remember, this is the song called Weight of the World. And so you can kind of already get the hint of what the theme is going to be here. But you want to go ahead and uh, take the lyrics on this one? I can, yeah. So it says, we're six feet underground inside my bed. And all the little letters in my head were spelling suicide, but not by choice. Was calling out for help, but heard no noise, no noise. Only the sound of my back breaking, but ever since you and your arms saved me, I don't hold the weight of the world anymore. I don't hold the weight of the world anymore. Yeah. I mean, I think you already kind of spoke into it, but did you have anything else? No, I mean, that the first verse is him like having this overwhelming desire that he doesn't want for suicide. Second one is about feeling overwhelmed by carrying the weight of the world until God comes in. And with his arms carries that weight for him. I I do think there's some pretty good stuff here in verse two, though, that I I really like as well. So let's go and check that out. Uh, Verse two would say, the only friend I had were black and red. The darker instruments inside my head were playing suicide, but not by choice. By choice, yeah. Was calling out for help, but heard no noise, no noise. The only sound of my hands shaking, but ever since you and your arms saved me. I don't hold the weight of the world anymore. Yeah. Take it away. The big thing in that second, uh, the first line of the second verse there, the only friend I had were black and red. And everything I looked up pointed to this being a reference to Satan, who's typically depicted as a red creature wearing red and black. And the darker instruments inside my head, obviously, it says we're playing suicide, but not by choice. This is, again, is going back to like that temptation in his head uh, the the depression or whatever it is that's drawing him towards this and again he's calling out for help but he doesn't hear any noise and that could either be not hearing a response like no one's there listening or he just can't he can't call out i don't know if you've ever felt that way but like when you know that like you're kind of spiraling but at the same time you can't you can't initiate you feel like you can't initiate uh, a call for help. I know I've I've definitely felt like that in, in some times in my life too. But uh, yeah, I think that's kind of where he is. And then again, in the, the, the pre-chorus, the words are a little bit different, but it says the same thing. It's God's arms that come in and, and saved him and holds the weight of the world for him. So I, I think this one's pretty straightforward, but I do think it's really important that we, we talked about it. Yeah. And the art on this one, again, is pretty cool. We see both him and the other artist who's featured in this song, they have the little kid version of themselves. And then they have the adult version of themselves who are carrying like a giant car to stop it from falling on, on their kid versions. I don't know if there's much in that third verse, 
that uh, that I want to talk about. But is there anything that you wanted to touch I mean, on before we kept moving? He just has a someone that usually is on, you know, as part of his band, Beautiful Mind, uh, Black Keys, and he's rapping about what it was like when the weight of the world wasn't on his shoulders anymore. And so this whole, all these verses is about what it, what confidence was like and almost like that crown of success that was uh, alluded to earlier. And that like, basically that once, once that weight was off, he felt like he could do anything. And that's when he started like really putting his talent into, into some of the other albums that started coming out. I guess going off of that, there's three lines here that I think support what, what you're saying here. And it's kind of towards the beginning, but it says, get the bailiff out because Mr. Bellion's out the cell. We skip the bail and out the jail. We hit the trail. The route we took is hard to smell it out, which obviously is just kind of supporting the idea of like feeling free now. Uh, he's out of the jail. He's he's free. And now right. they're on the, on the trail. They're going out. They're living life, right? I, I think that supports what you're saying, too. Thanks for listening to part one of this episode. In part two, things really start to get interesting. We talk about my absolute favorite song on this album and show how all these things wrap up nicely into what the human condition actually is. Your challenge for this week, since we didn't get to talk about it on air, is to check out the lyrics to these songs in the links in the description and see what parts of the human condition you need to address in your own life by bringing them to God in prayer this week. So with that, Thank you guys for joining us on the adventure and don't forget to leave a review in iTunes or whatever platform you are listening to us on. We really appreciate all of your guys' help and support. You can find us on social media at Facebook at The Christ in Culture, on YouTube at The Christ in Culture, and on Twitter at On the Adventure 2. Also, don't forget to check out our website where you can find all of our stuff in one place, thechristinculture.com. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.